It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger, of course, uh, our uh, co-host, is with us. And you can hear, I love that sound. The sound of a corkscrew being used. <laughs> this corkscrew being used. <laughs> Live and in studio. Only on this radio program will you hear things like that. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> wow, why is that so noisy, uh, noisy Bob? It's intentional, uh, I think. Just, okay. Yeah, to get a reaction out of you, Steve. Well, and, and that you did, and I love that. I haven't that. seen you in a while. So I know, you know. man. Uh, the great Bob Cabral is with us. Uh, one of the Boy, most iconic, loosely, great. Mo- one of the most iconic guys in uh, California wine country, uh, and it's an honor to see you again. I don't know why it's been so damn long. But uh, welcome back, buddy. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love listening to you guys. So to be in the studio and drinking some wine and talking about wine in Sonoma County, it's nothing better on a Wednesday afternoon. Well, it's great having you back. Dan, Sir. Uh, uh, your, uh, your wine that you brought in today from your cellar, <laughs> yeah, I, I just took a taste of it. I really like that. How old is this? Well, it's, a, it's 12 years old, so it's a 12-year-old Riesling. It's a, from 2009. It's up from the Columbia Valley in Washington. And uh, I like these people. They really make really sound and fine wine. They're probably What's the, the name? Of, what are their names? Well, this one is called Seven Hills, and it's uh, a small producer. They're not real big. And I bought this a long time ago and, and just forgot it in the cellar. I've had I got a lot of old Riesling, but I like this one in particular because it's a little on a little on the sweet side, but it's not too sweet. No, and it's the acidity that's held it together. Bob said off the air just a moment ago that without the sugar, it would be so sour you wouldn't want to drink it, <laughs> or it could be even bitter. And the nice part about it is that it's very succulent right now and still fresh enough so you can taste the fruit. I, I I'm amazed. Normally, I don't. Really, uh, you're not big on sweet wines, and this is. A I'm sweet not wine. big on sweet wines, and I'm not big on the wines. Most of the wines Dan brings in from his cellar, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this one I like. All right, there you go, Bob. I think it's wonderful. I I like Dan and I were having this conversation. I love these older Rieslings. I, my wife and I had a bottle of uh, Dr. Lawson's 05, and it it was a cabinet, so it's a drier style. Cabernet. Uh, cabinet. 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 Yeah. Okay. And uh, but we had it with some Thai food the other night. Mm. We hadn't been to the Thai restaurant in Healdsburg, and they only do takeout now. They they can't do inside seating, but it was just beautiful. You know, just enough of that acidity and the vibrancy. Some of the same things I'm seeing in this one. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, that kind of s- mineral and I could see this with Thai food. Definitely. Oh, it was yeah. just spectacular. You know, so. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rieslings. We're going to try one of my latest releases, which is actually a 2017. So, oh, cool. You know, a lot of people are releasing 2020s right now. Yes, they are. I'm I'm a little bit old school on that. But Riesling is one of the few white wines that really is almost guaranteed to age, and that's one of the reasons I have so many cases in of my in my cellar. I've got plenty and plenty of old Riesling, and going back 10 years, 12 years, not not a problem. This is 12 years old. I like it, Harry. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, I do like a wine that's sometimes a little sweeter, um, and this fit right into that arena, and and it's delicious. Thank you so much for bringing it in. You know, the first uh, couple sips, I did not uh, think it was too sweet, 
I took the fourth sip, and now I'm getting a little more sweetness than I would prefer, but who cares? Still enjoying it. I, think I, about, am. I am. Think about the fact that they in Thai food, they will use a little bit of sugar sometimes to cut through some of the heat. So yeah. the end result is that there's sugar there, so you want to counterbalance that with a little sugar in the wine. That really makes sense. Okay. I can't argue And the that. alcohols aren't so hot. On the, you know, with that heat from the Thai food too. You know, these yeah, are usually right. lower alcohol wines, and yeah. so you don't get that kind of prickly alcohol taste in your mouth. It just can be kind of a turnoff. You know, Bob Cabral. Uh, his name is synonymous with great Pinot Noir. He's uh, got decades of experience here in Sonoma County, <laughs> and uh, as I said before, uh, in my opinion, he's a Sonoma County icon in the world of winemaking. I mean, my God, you you spent so many years with Williams Selium, and mm-hmm. you have been quoted as saying that was an amazing experience. Give us your background, because it's been so long since you've been it's in. I want It's been a while. We'll yeah. remind everybody, right? So uh, I grew up in the Central Valley, just outside of Modesto in a little town called Escalon. My dad farmed grapes and almonds with uh, my grandparents. And um, was going to go to veterinary school up at UC Davis till I realized it was eight years of schooling and kind of, you know, I just turned 18. So it was like, I'm, I don't think I'm going for eight more years of school. <laughs> and I was graduating the 12th grade. So I opted to, uh, I was really strong in chemistry, biology. I, I enjoyed those uh, subjects and ended up at my dad's alma mater, Fresno State studying winemaking and viticulture. Worked, started working for wineries in 1980. So this was my 42nd harvest at a California winery here. Wow. In, um, 35th in Sonoma County. Yeah. So I've actually spent more time in Sonoma County than any place else. And, and I'm proud of that fact. I think it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. It's paradise, baby. It is. You know, uh, You've done so much, and now you're at uh, you're a major player at Three Sticks. And I joked Dan earlier today <laughs> that that uh, maybe we should call it Three Sticks Wine Country instead of California Wine Country because we've had Three Sticks on so many times recently, <laughs> which is all good to me because I love them. How did how did you wind up from Williams? Sell him yeah. to, to three sticks. Right. So after spending almost two decades at Williams Sellium, you know, I just needed to do something different and, uh, you know, left really actually on very good terms. Like I said, Williams Sellium was career of a lifetime. It was awesome. Um, Three Sticks, uh, Bill Price, the um, Billy Three Sticks, and I'm sure if he, they've been on here a few times that you, yeah. you know that story. Billy hasn't been in. we got to get him in at some point. But Yeah, he, he owns some of the most iconic vineyards here in Sonoma County. Right. Durrell, Gaps Crown, Wallala, Alana, William James. So, you know, to have the opportunity to continue to work with really some of the best fruit in Sonoma County is what kind of guided me towards three sticks so you know the the arrangement was to build a team of winemakers there ryan pritchard is our winemaker now he was just in yeah ryan's just he's great awesome he is such a good kid and just a wonderful family and uh, so it was you know my role now is to kind of guide this next group of winemakers throughout sonoma county so i think sharing that knowledge and especially the mistakes that I've made over the years so that they can avoid them. 
And as director of winemaking at Three Sticks, I, I'm really working with Ryan and Carl uh, Formaker, the assistant winemaker, out in the vineyards. Because I think we've kind of got the winemaking part of it dialed in, which is basically don't screw it up. Like get really good grapes, kind of take care of things, be really clean. That's what we get out in the vineyard. So dialing in the vineyards, making sure that the vineyards are healthy, that we're getting a good crop. Um, this last couple of years have been difficult because Sonoma County has been on fire or like we're really starting to feel the effects of drought. You know, I see a lot of thirsty vines out there in, in uh, Sonoma County. But, you know, the rain today uh, really gives me some more hope and optimism that and we'll got, get through this all again. And we got more rain coming for the next yeah. week. Yeah, it's all good. So Three Sticks is, uh, again, just kind of guiding the winemaking team. And then I have a couple of other projects I'm working on with some folks that we haven't even released some of the wines. Um, and then Bob Cabral Wines is really kind of what uh, makes me wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And, and that's what we're going to taste today. BobCabralWines.com <laughs> I want to talk about your seller playlist. <laughs> I love this this whole thing and have for quite a while. We'll get into that in a moment. What what are we uh, tasting here? We're going to taste the. What are you going to start with the Riesling? You want to start with the Riesling? We'll Let's go from Riesling to Riesling, Riesling to Riesling. Excuse me, can I get a dump cup, uh, please? Thank you. Get rid of uh, Dan's wine cellar wine. <laughs> Which actually I enjoyed that's, that's this time. That's not very nice, Dan Sellerwine. <laughs> uh, it is California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. And Bob Cabral, uh, a man, I, as I've said many times, an iconic wine person, winemaker in uh, our area. Okay, Bob, what is this? So this is my 2017 Cuvée Wildflower. So I have proprietary names on all of my wines because I don't own any vineyards. And I enjoy blending wines together. And, and Wildflower is two vineyards here on the Sonoma Coast. One just outside the town of Occidental at about 900 feet. And then one kind of west, southwest of Petaluma as you go out towards Two Rock. Very, very cold areas. And these were both vineyards that were grafted by me and a vineyard ma- local vineyard manager, Charlie Chenoweth, great vineyard manager. And this is the first crop we got off of it. Yeah. So it's fermented in a concrete amphora, so 320-gallon amphora. So it's kind of an upside-down egg. Right. Uh, if you remember, I used to do the eggs with um, Chenin Blanc over at William Selyam. And uh, actually, on all of the wines you're going to taste today, uh, I don't use any commercial yeast. I don't use any commercial bacteria. I kind of just let things happen. Um, The growers for both of these um, Riesling vineyards, I'm paying them a lot of extra money because I think we need to really start weaning ourselves off of herbicides and insecticides. So we're trying to use as many sustainable um, practices as we can without losing the crop. And we've been pretty successful, actually, over the last couple of years. And, and um, yeah, I like this wine. It's dry. Yeah, Very it's, dry. There, there's, there's, like, no residual sugar no, no. in here. I like, this, wine needs I like this a lot better than what Dan brought from his well, cellar. Well, it's, 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 it's a different style. It's a different style. Different strategy And the whole yeah. idea here is yeah, this is a 10-year wine at, at minimum. This is really a baby, and it's a 17 already, but still, it needs a lot more time. It reminds me of wines from the Faults, 
which is um, not uh, the, the, the Mosul or the Rheingau, which are two different areas in Germany. The, the other area in Germany that's underrated is called the Falz, and this is loads and loads and loads of flavor with, without a traditional aromatic. Your aromatics here are grapefruit, kiwi, and kumquat, uh, uh, among others. There's like four others. What's really fascinating is that the, what you get in the mouth is like a it's like a red wine in the mouth. It has so much going for it. It's yeah, astounding. I leave it on the lees so it picks up a lot of texture from those yeast cells and, and the solids during the fermentation. And, and yeah, it's uh, it's a wine I really enjoy. And it is, I agree with Dan, it's such a baby right now. It's still got a little too much tension. There's a lot of, uh, lot of acidity in there. Bob? CabralWines.com, C-A-B-R-A-L. Uh, where are our listeners able to uh, purchase your wines? Well, Besides right the now, website? it's uh, the website is is um, the best place right now. Okay, uh, we're in several restaurants here in Sonoma County. So, and the Riesling in particular is at like the Montage, uh, Willie Seafood, Villette, uh, Bocce. Mostly up in Hillsburg. Oh, also uh, Underwood out in Grayton. Great little little bistro out Love there. Love Underwood. Underwood's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Great people out there, too. Yeah. Killer food, great people. And the best part of it is it's out in the middle of nowhere. You're out checking vineyards, and then you can kind of pop in there. Especially when you can't find a vineyard manager. They're usually sitting in there <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> Go to the bar at the Underwood and find the, vin- <laughs> the vineyard manager. Uh, Dan... Uh, just uh, thoughts on Bob Cabral and all he's done over all these years what, here? What Bob's uh, best attribute is to look at each lot that comes in, each vineyard, each separate parcel, and so forth, and to try to identify characteristics that he can then play with to make them distinctively different. He doesn't want to make a homogenous wine because homogeneity is boring. And if anything, Bob's wines are absolutely distinctive. And that's the most important aspect of why you spend the additional money to get these wines. These are fabulous wines, but they do not always come across as traditional. They are just fabulous. And Bob, you're not making a lot of wines, right? Which is uh, why not, you're not at Bottle Barn yeah, and other not, places? Not right. Actually, we were at Bottle Barn. We had a few wines there. They're out now. And we're just now releasing some of these 17. So, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we don't make a whole lot. The uh, the Riesling is about 140, 150 cases a year right now. I, I'm trying to get a little bit more fruit. I'm trying to grow the brand because... Um, the story behind Bob Cabral Wines, when, when Heather and I decided to do this, we decided not to take any salaries. We, um, she was not going to question where I was buying grapes, what kind of barrels I was using. or Then I went out and bought a $16,000 concrete amphora So when she agreed to all of this. <laughs> That'll wake her up. That woke her up real fast. And then after operating expenses, we'd use the money for children in need, children's and charities, schools, local schools. We'd start local. Bless Unfortunately, you. we've had to buy a lot of gift cards for fire victims over the last four or five years. So we're using this, hopefully, as a sustainable way to give back. So when you're buying a bottle of Bob Cabral wines, it's not that you're paying $50 for a Riesling. You're also giving back to the community. And and I also belong on a couple of foundations outside of California, Emerald Lagasse Foundation down in New Orleans and Florida. 
Uh, we just had a big tasting for the Boys and Girls Club of Healdsburg and Geyserville. Cool. You know, $170,000 goes a long way. You know, we're trying to rebuild that clubhouse. We service about 300 kids up there when we're fully staffed. And these are our workers' kids. These are our kids from the, our community. We need to keep them educated. We need to keep them safe. We need to keep them involved so that they're not out causing mischief like sometimes we did as kids so giving or back to your I community still <laughs> or still do yeah. exactly steve's a menace around here you know <laughs> so we need to get you into the boys and girls club I think. Uh, uh, no, so that's, that's you know, probably not a good idea <laughs> listen, yeah, yeah, listen we, to me kids here's what you do you'll, you'll need, who's got a light <laughs> You're going to need to raise a whole lot more money to counteract that influence. Right? Come on, where's that corkscrew I gave you? <laughs> Cough it up, kid. Well, so it's, it's about giving which, back. Yes, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, and, and, and I thing. love making wine. I really do. This is, you know, 42 vintages, and I hope I get to do at least another 20 or 25 with, without any, without any issues. You will. What uh, the pandemic? And uh, beginning again in uh, 17 with the fires and everything, how did all that uh, affect you and your winemaking and and what you do? Yeah, a lot of it affected uh, workers primarily, Um, vineyards in some spots where the fires actually came right up to the vineyards, melted drip hose actually scorched the outsides of the vines. You know, the power was out at times, right in the middle of harvest when, when we had fermentations going. So we couldn't, right. we couldn't kind of control what we like to control as winemakers. So, you know, I think the thing about Sonoma County is that we are so resilient that uh, you just kind of, you know, play the cards you're dealt at that Yeah, point. that's all you can you know? do is go and, with the flow and, and, um, and figure it out. We do it in winemaking. We do it in grape growing. We do it in our communities. And, you know, when the restaurant – I make some private label wines for a couple restaurants. i got to give a plug to my my unadopted uh, little brother, Dustin Vallette. You know, when, when we have these fires or these traumatic um, – Events here in Sonoma County. He's the first one to feed the firefighters, to feed yeah. the community. Him, Guy Fieri, they they give back a lot, and so we should be inspired to to work with these people. So, yeah, Dustin's one of our favorites. He's in all the time, and He's we such a good we did guy. the show live from uh, the Matheson. Oh, at, isn't that spectacular? A few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. The place is amazing. California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger, of course, is here. Our special guest today is Bob Cabral. Bottle Barn, as as far as they're concerned, they're open uh, for in-store shopping every day. You can still place an order for or curbside pickup at BottleBarn.com. We all know Bottle Barn's been providing Sonoma County and our entire area with an unmatched selection of the finest wines, beers, and spirits. Bob, talk about Bottle Barn. I still miss Ben Pearson just to this day. I, you know, it's so we all I think do. about a lot. Just me too. He turned me on to some of the most amazing wines over the years. They have a selection for a winemaker to have, you know, kind of that plethora of different palate experiences. It's awesome. They've got Cabernets and, from Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's amazing. I, I think Le- every person how from are Lebanese, uh, 
Cabernet. 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 The, the I mean, one that they've got is phenomenal. It sells, really? sells for over a hundred a bottle, and that's a discounted price. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bob, if I could ask you a question, sure. to go back to something you said earlier. Mm-hmm. You don't own any vineyards. I don't. Was that a conscious decision? Have you ever? <laughs> and if so, why not? You know, I, I owned. Uh, I grew up on vineyards that my parents and my grandparents owned and you know coming up here to sonoma county i mainly focused on winemaking and then i was able to kind of uh get my yayas out by planting and taking care of other people's vineyards so when, uh, you've done that for a long time for a long time you so, know the william Williams. i planted the first three estate vineyards there and you know we made a hundred point wine and we we've had a lot of i've had a lot of fun like i said it's it's and been who great. are you generally buying grapes from these so days. you know over the years you you start to vet out those vineyards and you find those sites so a couple of uh like the chardonnay we're we're tasting right now uh i can say because they've pulled the block that part of this came out of but i had to sign an nda with joseph phelps vineyard they were willing to sell me the grapes but they didn't want it advertised that they were selling me grapes really? didn't you just blow the nda well i did but they pulled the vineyard and okay. i'm not getting it anymore okay. so I'm, I'm assuming you know that uh, hopefully my attorney could at least vet that a little bit <laughs> and harry john holdridge if you're out there listening uh, at holdridge yeah, wines holdridge, yeah yes. so if He's you're listening i think i just blew that nda <laughs> back to your question taking care of vineyards you know i have four table grape vines at home i have five acres out in dry creek that I've also got almost 30 heritage fruit trees that I take care of, and that's that's just cheaper than therapy. So, um, But the grapevines, you know, growing up taking care of grapes, I'm very comfortable in vineyards. I love being out there. But to come home and have to take care of your own vineyards at this point for me, it's a little I mean, much. I'm 60 years old, and, you know, and, not, and I don't think that old by any means, but... You know, I was topping barrels today and pulling samples, crawling around barrel racks. It's a young man's game. You know, it's a bunch of 20-year-olds in there <laughs> jumping around, and they, they see me moving this ladder around, and I'm jockeying up to these barrels. Can we help you, old man? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> and I've got bottles of wine in my little cubby over there if you do help me. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh this Chardonnay, and again, Bob, it's a 2017. 2017 been released. Yet. Be released this spring. Yeah, okay. 96 cases. So that'll be four barrels. That will be. Why do I love this shard so much? Well, because it's one of the best shards in the planet Earth. So <laughs> other than that, I mean, uh, first of all, you have two things going on here that are counterpoints. Uh, one is the aromatics, which gives you a kind of a note of very high end French Burgundy. Uh, really high-end French Burgundy, like a $300 or $400 a bottle. But the acid level reminds you of Chablis. So you have two different styles of wine all in the same bottle. And the most interesting thing is how it works on the tongue right now. I mean, right now, you all you want to do is grab some food to go with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fabulous food wine right now, but it's not released yet. So what will it be like in, a, in six months? Right now... It portends just a fabulous, long, long future. And this will be five full years old when you finally release it. Yeah. No, it, need, it needs some time, and I want it to, um, to kind of dance on your tongue when you, when you open that bottle. Um, oh, it's dancing. We tend, we tend to, <laughs> my, my wife's a big salmon fan, so, you know, I'll grill salmon or we'll poach salmon. And, 
you know, I, I like the viscosity of this wine, but I also like the acidity that kind of cuts through that fat on the fatty fishes like salmon. Um, yeah. It's, it's so the name of the wine is actually Cuvée Anne Rose. And Anne is my wife's middle name, and Rose is my daughter's middle name. So, yeah. That's it's kind of my stuff, homage man. to my girls there. And this, again, will become available when? In probably March or April of 2022. Really? Yeah. And why waiting so long? I guess your wife made that well, decision. Well, you know, we're going to taste the 17 Pinot here in a bit, and she kind of strong-armed me into releasing it early. I would still hold it back a little bit, but I was also complaining to her that I had grape payments and barrel payments, and I needed some some money coming in. So she said, give me some wine to sell. <laughs> uh, Steve, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. You asked the question, why hold it for that long? Yeah. And the answer, the question to you is, aren't you a little disturbed by how much acid you're tasting in this wine? I mean, come on, let's be realistic. This stuff is really, really young. Yeah. No, I, I understand. It's young, and it, it should be laid down for a, a bit. Well, Bob's doing released. as much as he can. <laughs> as you know, much he, as I can afford to. <laughs> and But the average consumer will buy this wine and take it home and drink it. They'll be making a mistake. They should be holding on to it after he releases it. The, the acid in this thing is needs to, to, to have a, a, a come-to-Jesus <laughs> relationship. Really? It does. <laughs> but no, I think that this is a fabulous wine, but uh, you don't see very many wines with this kind of structure. Uh, being released as Chardonnay, and most people are selling their 20s now, and this is a 17. It's not even out yet. Right. Once it is out in the spring, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. how long might Dan lay it down, Burger well, lay me, it down? <clears throat> I'm a little unusual in that. I'd put it away for a good seven years for sure. Really? Oh, absolutely. A shard for seven years. Well, this one, yes. Yeah. One of the most amazing wines I've ever had is um, I was at a dinner at a barrel maker's house, Francois Ferrer. I was at Jean and Noel Francois's house, and uh, he went down and grabbed a magnum of white wine. And I was sitting next to uh, Jean Francois, and he popped the bottle, and we started pouring it. And I'm looking at the color, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is probably 10, 15 years old. This was only about eight years ago. 1950 Montrachet. Yeah. Wow. One of the most spectacular wines I've ever had. It was from Romani Conti because they coopered the barrels for that that particular domain. But wow. uh, it was spectacular. I'd never had a, a 50 or 60 year old. It was the only way, 60 years old. The only way you could do that is with <clears> acidity. <throat> and this wine's got plenty of acid. Plenty of acid. And a, and a pH that won't quit. So, it's yeah. a, it's so you can lay it down and be comfortable. Yeah. But we're finding at Three Sticks. You've had Ryan in here. Ask him about those Chardonnays. You know, I was doing a and Zoom have, call. And we've tasted Yeah, they're, they're, I think those lay down. I, I was doing a Zoom call, and we were actually tasting the 2018 Origin, which is their um, unoaked. It's done in concrete and stainless. And I just went to my cellar and grabbed a bottle because I hadn't been to the uh, Adobe, where they do the tastings, to get any bottles. In Sonoma. In Sonoma, right off the square, right behind uh, El Dorado Hotel. (laughs) Um, 143 West Bain Street. (laughs) (laughs) Are you done plugging now? Yeah, you know, I I really love love the folks at Three Sticks. We all do. 
I pulled, and I'm tasting, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. I don't remember the wine tasting quite this good, the 2018, right? And I looked down, it was the 2015 origin. So it was three so years old. It, it was our, yeah, it was three years old. And so I'm like, rock on. Do I have more of these You know, in the cellar? So I went and looked, and I got four more of those things. And I'm like, okay, put these, hide these from Heather. She's not they're, listening they're, home. The wife. There are very yeah. few wineries in California that make long-aged Chardonnays, and the most, the the greatest number of them is in Sonoma County. Really? I mean, Steve, yeah. some of older Steve Kistler's older vintages are just spectacular. Yeah, I, I'm just Dave Ramey. David, I was just going to mention know, David. Da- yeah. David's. He's in that echelon of of great Chardonnay makers. We should he get David on me. again because David really is making some fabulous wines. He's yes, a, please do. Yeah, we've had him on and before. he's just yeah. a great winemaker. And even better yet, he's just a great person. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a great person. Uh, Bob Cabral is our guest on California Wine Country uh, today. Brought to you, of course, by Bottle Barn. Can we get into the Bob Sellers playlist? Because I Absolutely. love this stuff. And there's, you go to uh, BobCabralWines.com and you'll right. see this great photo of him. Uh, although he looks a little younger in the photo than he little is. Little younger, a little thinner, a little shorter hair. Uh, and you're playing a Strat. <laughs> uh, and, and, and explain the whole seller playlist thing. So uh, on each of the labels, so I listen to a lot of music. Whether it's in the vineyard, in the cellar, uh, it just it's a big part of. Um, and here I'll throw out the other plug. You know, if I'm uh, listening to FM radio, it's ninety-seven-seven. You know, I, I have to listen to the river and and uh, it's, it's, it's my is that one of our stations? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, you can plug it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I I love. I just love what they do. Um, and so. As we were developing the label, if you actually look at the label, and I'll hand Steve a bottle here, there is a backwards lyric on each label. There's actually four lyrics per label, and they're back. It's just part of a song, and I we've selected. In the case of the Chardonnay, usually uh, it's songs that my wife and my daughter and I have selected together, and you, it's it's kind of like if you were looking into a mirror. And uh, because wine, can you can see it, you can touch it, you can taste it, you can smell it, but you can't hear it. Hopefully that last element, our playlist, will finish the Pinta. It'll, it'll entice all of your senses at that point. I know. And I love this idea, and you do it so well. And we talked about it last time you were here, but it's been a long time. It's just because people are... Driving home from work or listening at work or whatever, explain a little further how this works. I mean, because so you're going, wait a minute, wine and music, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I get so that. It, when, when you go to our website, I have just a, a general, as you're scrolling through the uh, Bob Cabral Wines website, I have a general playlist on Spotify. So you hit the link, and as you're scrolling through reading, Having hopefully a glass of wine, you can let li- you can listen to the music and read through our stories, read through who we are, and uh, you know, hopefully it inspires you to 
to do something for your back for your community. Then for each wine, for each vintage, as you click on the label, as you go through it, there are the four songs, again, goes to a Spotify playlist that you can listen to while you're drinking that particular wine and that particular vintage. I love this. And for me, it's just kind of, I don't know that anybody's actually figured this out, but <laughs> I have fun with it. Well, there's a book that just came out. We're going to have Clark Smith back. He's, he's done the book of wine and, and music. Is just oh out. yeah, he's Clark, great. Clark's a good guy too. Yeah. So we're going to get him. Yeah. yeah, let's make sure we get the Pinot in before oh, yeah. the end of our program. One last wine here. Harry likes the reds. I do like the reds. Yes. So talk about it as you pour. Sure. So the 2017 Troubadour comes from four vineyards in the Russian River Valley. Um, they're all kind of in that Sebastopol bloom field, right on the edge of the Russian River Valley. And uh, they're all in very, very, that rich, gold-rich soil. And I chose that, those particular sites because of the soils. And I think it adds a textural component and mouthfeel that I don't find in other Pinot Noirs that I've made here in Sonoma County, whether it be from Sonoma Valley, Carneros, other parts of Sonoma Coast, Even the warmer parts of of, uh, Russian River, as you get up towards west side roads, east side roads, it's a lot of river bottom, a lot of gravel. Um, And these vineyards are just, to me, spectacular. So I kind of cherry pick. It's only 12 barrels, so it's about 250 cases. Wow. And I go into, I use 35 to 40% whole cluster. So I throw the, the whole cluster, the stems and everything, into the fermenter. Then I destem onto the top. How about if we give Steve a taste there? Just a taste. Um, and then again, I don't use any yeast, just whatever comes in, and uh, punch it down three times a day, um, press it out, put it into barrels. It, I, I use about 60 to 70% new oak. One of the barrels I'm using, I actually go to France, and we, I work with this barrel maker. We, we harvest the trees. Ryan and I go for three sticks as well. And I have another client over in Napa I do this for. We harvest the trees in France. They split them into staves, age them, and then ship them to Benicia, and then we, we toast the barrels. So this year, August, I think it was 13th, that we, we toasted almost uh, 45 barrels that day. So we're creating a barrel. I've got kind of three toast levels that I've settled in on, depending on what kind of wine I'm going to make. And so if it's for Pinot, it's one toast, or or Chardonnay, a different toast. And then even within Pinot, I have a couple different toast levels. Amazing. Dan, talk about this Pinot. uh, Bob, does the fruit for this wine come anywhere near Grayton? Uh, There is one vineyard, yes. Not too far from Grayton. Yeah. This reminds me a little bit of Bryce Jones's property. Actually, it's uh, over by Iron Horse. So it's just down the road from it. Just down the road. Probably yeah, this, what? This is Stone's just, Throw, maybe. An yeah. out, uh, and it's the uh, Calera and a little bit of 2A climb. I, I love that sort of yeah. cranberry-like note to it. It's just a trace, but it's so interesting to have that little trace of cranberry ro- woven into this uh, dark cherry and then uh, almost a pomegranate kind of a note to it. So the wine is so young, it's just a real baby, and it really hasn't really come around. Isn't, don't you love this? I do. Uh, the, the aromatics to start with were so inviting. 
that well, I couldn't you, wait yeah. to, to get the taste, and then the taste absolutely exceeded the aromatics. It's a delicious wine. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with Dan on all those descriptors. Sometimes the one vineyard that, that I get a lot of, of, about 40% of the grapes from, is out off of Blucher Valley Road, so kind of southwest of Sebastopol. And that'll sometimes have almost a boysenberry kind of characteristic to it. And... Um, and then this kind of fresh herb, almost like mm. uh, cardamom, you know, kind of. And I attribute some of those smells to the the weeds and the other flora growing around that that area. You know, there's pollens floating all over the place here in Sonoma County. And a very and a very faint trace of nutmeg. I love some of the spices, and the barrel spices. We're wrapping up the, this week's edition of California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger and our special guest today, the great Bob Cabral. Again, BobCabralWines.com, C-A-B-R-A-L. And check him out also at ThreeSticksWines.com. Bob, in honor, again, it's been too long. You need to come in more often. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And the Pinot we've been tasting is available now. It is. It's available right now, um, and I think it'll probably be gone a week 10 days i think heather's cutting it off around the 26th or 30th of of october but yeah it's available right now great yeah thank you what are we doing next week domain carneros with uh tom simono oh okay yeah it's a simono week next week oh that's that's a good one you'll be here though i will i like that all right very good